For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Good afternoon and welcome to Picks and Parlays Radio here on Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me here every weekday, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern on the radio and also on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We stream the show live every weekday. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're very easy to find. And also, if you're looking for any college football or NFL, well, I guess preseason's winding uh, is over for NFL, I believe. Uh, but if you're looking for any specific college football game, we've probably got it covered uh, on our YouTube page. So if we're not, if we don't talk about it on the show today, uh, never fear. It's probably on YouTube. If you want to search that YouTube page, it's kind of like Netflix on demand uh, for sports betters. Uh, we've got a great show for you guys today. Rapid fire college football picks. We've got so many games to cover. We've got Friday's games as well as the weekend and even a little Labor Day action. So plenty of games to get to today. Uh, last night, an interesting night in college football. Uh, I had three bets last night. I took Clemson and Georgia Tech to hit the over. It did, 16 and a half. Uh, yeah, Clemson looks very good. Travis at Etienne ran for over 200 yards. Granted, it was Georgia Tech, uh, but still, Clemson looked pretty good. I know a lot of people like to look at that stat with Trevor Lawrence throwing two picks as being a big deal, but really, uh, I don't think it was. I think he was trying to pad his Heisman stats a little bit, got a little cocky. Uh, Texas A&M, I took them in the first quarter, nine and a half, uh, and they covered that. Texas A&M looked very good, their offense. Uh, rolling. Their defense also had a lot of interceptions, something I didn't see coming. Uh, and then Arizona State, they looked pretty good, but as far as the scoreboard goes and as far as covering goes, not so much. I thought that they would score more points on a Kent State team that was 2-10 and 10 last season. Uh, as I mentioned, plenty more college football stuff to get to. And also, we've got our daily baseball picks. We're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Good afternoon, and as you can see, we've got a whole panel of pickers for our rapid-fire college football segment. We've got Chip Cherimis, we've got Craig Trapp. Guys, you ready to pick some winners? Let's get it going. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, let's start off with Wisconsin at USF. This one is in South Florida, or I guess Tampa, or wherever it is. It's not South Florida. It's a, a misnomer, but Wisconsin is favored th by this, in this one, excuse me, uh, by 10.5 points, the total is 58.5. Chip, thoughts on this one? Well, Wisconsin has played so well out of conference. They're 8-2 and two against the number. But um, this South Florida team at home getting points has played well against the, um, the Big Ten. I believe they're 5-1 and one against the points. And it's opening game of the year. This opening game for Wisconsin has been a struggle against the points. So I think South Florida may have a chance to play with them for a while. And we saw yesterday with Clemson, teams are making mistakes. And maybe Wisconsin won't be hitting on all cylinders as of yet because they are a powerful team. 
And by the season's end, people are going to have to reckon with them. I'm looking for the Bulls to get in this first game. All right, Chip's taking the dog in this one. Craig? Well, I think South Florida is dangerous outright, in fact. I just think when you have to, when any of these northern teams having to go south and play in the hot, humid weather, I think it's a dangerous spot. You get the hook, too. You get the 10 and a half instead of the 10, so I like that. I also think the under is a good play. I think Wisconsin's going to try to grind this out with the running game, which because we know they're a great running team. So I would also lean towards the under in this one, but I think the points are a pretty big gift here. Right. Uh Wisconsin, known for being a ground-and-pound team. I do like the under in this one as well, especially with the heat. Uh, moving on to Tulsa, Michigan State. Michigan State favored by 23-and-a-half, and the total sits at 47. Chip? Well, I usually don't like getting involved with these big point spread games because uh, I, I think you're only asking trouble for the most part. I like for games to be more competitive and, and where the line's um, a lot more palatable. But, you know, we have a Michigan State team who – did not cover any of their final four games of the season last year. Lost in a bowl to Oregon, I think it was 7-6. And uh, Tulsa, of course, has had better days as well. They're 1-4 in, in their last five against the, um, the Big Ten. This is a pass game for me, Chelsea. I just uh, can't go anywhere with it. Oh, I just don't like no, it at all. I don't like it at all. I wouldn't play this game. All right, Craig, are you playing? Well, this was actually my top play of the day today, a 3-1 so far in college football. I really like this one, so you can go over to Picks and Parlays down that and pick that up. It's my top side of the day. But I do like the under here. I do think uh, Michigan State, they're just going to want to get out of these first two games um, and get wins and stay healthy because they have big expectations here. They really think um, that they're better than Michigan and probably as good as, uh, as Ohio State with the unproven quarterback, of course. Uh, so I think... Um, the, playing the under here is a good play, but my top play, of course, is over at picksandparlays.net. A little promotion there. Yeah, Michigan State's known as having a, a good defense, so yeah. uh, something to take into consideration there, uh, especially when you're playing a team that probably isn't going to score uh, quite as many points against a really good defense. I know Michigan State has a new offense, I believe. Um, so, I don't know. It's the first game of the season, so sometimes it takes a little bit to kind of install it. Exactly. Uh, all right, moving on to Utah State and Wake Forest. Wake Forest is minus five in this one, and the total sitting at 60 and a half. Thoughts? Well, I'll go with it, no question. Um, Utah State's been a team um, this past year, which is a juggernaut against the point spreads for us. We did really well with them. And they're com they've come from a long way because previously Utah State was a doormat out west out here. And uh, going against Wake Forest, who has improved dramatically in most recent seasons, but Wake Forest is only 2-9, Greg, against the points when, at, when hosting a club. And we have Utah State, who likes to get up, likes to travel. It's 5-0 on the road against non-conference opponents. I would take the points here, even Utah State. Well, I think a dangerous spot, though, for, for Utah State because you have to go on a road with an unproven quarterback. And that is always the question. Anytime these opening games, and it's a high, you know, somewhat a high-profile game for Utah State. I mean, when you, play right. in the, when you play out here in the West, you don't get seen in the East Coast much. So long travel, early game, what it would be for them. And I think Wake Forest um, gets it done with the points here. I do think it's going to be lower. than This total went from 57 open all the way up to 60 and a half. I think it's going to be a little lower scoring than and, that. And, you know, um, Greg, that Utah State team does hang their hat on their defense. That's yep. been their forte. Right. So um, you're, saying, you're saying having a freshman our quarterback starting for the first time on the road, they could be in trouble there. Yeah. Right, especially with 60-and-a-half. 60-and-a-half is a lot on opening. Right. And we saw last night, um, you know, some of these games where you jump out to that big lead and then there's not that expect right. or there's not the motivation for these, these bigger teams, teams that are up by a lot, to go push it and score right. extra. Especially if teams are looking ahead. Yes. We saw some of that uh, mm -hmm. a little bit last night. 
Uh, I saw it with Arizona State. Man, Absolutely. I was mad about them yeah. not scoring any points. <laughs> that one should have, Arizona State should have covered that one. They dominated that game. Right, you told me that. I don't have yeah. the Pac-12 network, so I didn't get to yeah. watch it. So oh. I was just furiously updating my game tracker. <laughs> and I was just wondering when they were going to score points because Kent State was 2-10 last it's season. tough way to watch a game as a better, by the way. Those game oh, trackers yeah. are. Oh, yeah. You just hit refresh, yeah. refresh. And, and then you, it says, like, update, and it takes, like, Seems like forever to update the actual score, so you don't know if right. they scored interception. You have no clue. Oh, I hate it. Baseball's even worse though. Watching. <laughs> yeah, especially when it's bases loaded in the yes. bottom of yeah. the ninth with two outs. <laughs> <laughs> like. All right, uh, final game of this segment that we're talking about: Purdue at Nevada. Purdue is favored by 11 points, and the total sitting at 58 and a half. Well, we've got the Big Ten against uh, an imposter out here. In, in imposter, this. wow. Oh, yeah. You know, any of these teams out west, and <laughs> you can include the Pac-12 with that um, for the most part. But uh, I don't see Nevada being able to measure up against the Big Ten here. Purdue is 7-2 and two on the road, or rather against non-conference teams. Um, not too much else. I'm, I'm not too enamored with this Wolfpack team at all, Greg. Well, I just think, this. remember, when you play – at Nevada, that's at altitude. Yes, and right. you're you're taking a Purdue team that has really high expectations last year. After they beat Ohio State last year, I things was say, yeah. were not good at the end of the year. Even though they really had no excuses, a lot of those games they should have won. So to me, I think you know they have kind of looking past this Nevada game. You go at altitude, especially if they maybe you know get down a little early. I mean, think weird things happen in the first game. We saw it last night. You Cincinnati threw an interception on the goal line. B, uh, BYU threw an interception right on the goal line. That's a rivalry game, though. Yeah. This well, is I mean, not you just, Cincinnati, game, you know, think. they threw a, that wasn't a rivalry game. It's just stuff happens. Uh, special teams. We saw kicking uh, yeah. easy kicks missed last night. So to me, I'm going to take the points. Remember, this line opened at eight and a half. And now it's at 11. So you get over another key number of 10. So to me, I think you take Nevada and the points. I'd actually like the over in this one as well. Um, it opened at 57. It's up to 58 and a half. For good reason, this Purdue offense will and can score points. Right. I think Purdue, obviously, they beat Ohio State last season. Yes. So, I mean, Definitely. they have the potential to beat some really good teams. Uh, and Nevada's losing a quarterback that threw for 66 touchdowns uh, in his career, Ty Ganji. So they're filling those shoes. And I will say, I've been to Nevada. It is not, I wouldn't say it's like a super tough place to play. Well, no. It's not a huge <laughs> stadium. It's not going to be anything like uh, going on the road uh, at any of these Big Ten schools. So, yeah, there's the altitude, but maybe that just means your kicker can but I think boot guys it get a little up. longer. But, but guys get up for, you know, when you play in front of a really, really big crowd and a, right. a fun environment. I don't know how much Purdue players are getting True. up to play at Nevada. True. And that's where you're I dangerous. Gotcha. They win by 10 and you still lose. Greg, do you know who their next opponent is by the chance? I, I don't have uh, who Purdue's next yeah. opponent is, but um, usually they They'll play the Mac. Yeah, usually okay. usually yeah. that's the, the follow-up to um, Ohio State, I think, plays the Mac after uh, FAU this weekend. It just seems like the Big Ten in general, it's, they must have a deal with the Mac because yeah. it seems like they all Well, because you mentioned this Proximity. to me off camera, yeah. it's the travel. Because yes, they can absolutely. just load up a bus and it's not that big of a deal. And it doesn't cost them that much money. Yeah. These are game, you know, these, and in this game probably for um, Nevada, I'm guessing, I think they played there a few years ago. Um, they probably have to go back and play Purdue in a few years. That's usually how it works. Yeah, if they you usually sign a deal like one two and, and one, one or two one. and two. Yeah, that's um, probably the case here. But you like the total in this one? I, I like the under, and I like uh, getting the home underdog here at 11 points. Nine points. All right. Uh, also, something I like to look at is the first quarter and the first half bets on some of these blowout games. Uh, Craig was saying it's a big factor if you don't get the ball first. Well, if you take the first <laughs> quarter, 
and you're getting, you know, you're laying, you know, say a touchdown, and then they don't get the ball first, uh, that's a problem because especially say, you know, the first series you're, goes five or you're six. You're already minutes, running out of time, right? They're in trouble. So yeah. that's if you take the first half, it's not such a worry because you'll have more possessions to, right. to figure that out. But some of these lines are a little bit easier. Yes. Like if it's big yes. point spreads. All right, those are college football picks for Friday's games. Today, today is Friday. Uh, wow, <laughs> flying by. Uh, when we come back, we've got a little baseball and then even more college football on Picks and Parlays Radio. <laughs> and apparently, we are back here on Picks and Parlays Radio uh, here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host. Chelsea Messenger, uh, first segment, college football, a lot of stuff to talk about. Second segment, we're talking baseball because, yes, it is still baseball season and there's still tickets to be cashed. And I think sometimes people overlook baseball, uh, maybe some of the betters included. So maybe you get a better value. Uh, Sean Higgs, what do you think? Uh, I'm hoping we got three winners lined up tonight because of that. So absolutely, <laughs> I agree with you. Well, we always hope for winners. Uh, yes. But, yeah, uh, let's look at some of these games. Let's start with Indians at Rays. The Indians have the strikeout artist on the mound, Shane Bieber, 12-6 and six with a 3-2-3 ERA, and recently just got a shout-out from Justin Bieber. He was wearing a not-Shane Bieber jersey. Um, so good to have the okay. Biebs <laughs> coordinate uh, for the Rays. Uh, they have Austin Pruitt on the mound, 2-0, 5-5-7, uh, ERA and 32 innings of work, and it's his first start. So not a huge sample size for him, uh, but definitely not the body of work that Shane Bieber has uh, as far as a pitching matchup goes. Uh, what are you seeing in this one? Yeah, Bieber, I mean, obviously you can't really compare it to what Pruitt, just uh, 10 starts on the year, whatever he's got, and Bieber just having a monster season. Uh, I'm liking the under here at eight. I'm liking the under. Um, again, this is really based on I haven't liked Cleveland offense all year, so I'm not expecting much from them here. And Bieber's just been awesome. I mean, 19-7-1 uh, to the under, 27 starts, 12-3-2 run, uh, going under the total of the last 15. Awesome numbers. Uh, .92 whip his last seven starts. Just stuff like this. Tampa Bay's a, not a great hitting team. We, although we did see him explode in Houston, where we saw a lot of runs in that series. But coming home here, I think low-scoring game. Again, Bieber's just been fantastic this year. I mean, just his road stats, uh, .180 batting average against in his 12 road starts. So I'm not seeing a lot of runs here. I think this is going to be like a 4-1, 4-2 type game, and that under eight looks tasty to me. Well, in general, the Indians have great pitching, uh, not only their starters but also their bullpen. I believe they have the best yeah. bullpen uh, in the major leagues. So even if Shane Bieber only goes seven, six, you know, five, uh, he's got a nice bullpen uh, to back him up in the race, something of note. Uh, Brandon Lowe out for, uh, I believe, the rest of the season. I know he's on the 60-day uh, DL, and he was leading the Rays in hits, doubles, and home runs, and I believe batting average. So that's a big hole for their lineup there. Uh, what what would be um, – have you looked at some of the odds for the, the first five or just um, outright wins for the, the Indians? <sighs> Any of those work, worth looking at? Well, obviously – um, I like the Indians for the game here because I think Bieber's just a, a clear edge over Pruitt. And he's going to go seven, eight innings. You, you mentioned the bullpen. you got to like the back end over Tampa Bay's who've 
they got the whole starter thing going with a couple of with Stanek and Yarbrough. So their bullpen gets a lot of work. And maybe we've seen them hang tough all year in this wild card hunt. Maybe it's starting to the, the wear and tear and the, the heavy workloads catching up to these guys. So edge clearly to Cleveland because they're they've turned it on since the slow start. They're right, like, but what's what the like value 50 in that? Because I'm wondering how much they're favored by. Um, you know what? I don't have the number right in front of me. I think it's a 125, I believe. Because um, I think uh, I your pick fast. would probably hinge on that because um, they are on the road. But like you said, I think the Indians are the better team. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like the under as well just because the pitching matchups, uh, the Rays, no matter how tired they are, pitching has usually been their, their strong point. Uh, they draft and um, develop guys that aren't costly. Uh, they have a lot of quality pitchers, so, I mean, I can see this definitely going under in this one. You said uh, the total was eight. I'm seeing one, yeah, eight, and I'm seeing 135 here for Cleveland. So, obviously, I, I like that side of things. And if you want to get fun, go run line and pull back, I guess, probably around the 140 mark on them, I guess, here. If I one thirty, well, actually, only 115. So, they're looking for the Indians in a convincing win here if only 115 on run line. So, hmm. again, I think it was going to be like a 4-1 type game. Low scoring, but clear edge, Cleveland, not only for the game, but, again, I like the under here more than Cleveland. Gotcha. All right, so let's move on to the A's and the Yankees. The Yankees are kind of the opposite of the Indians uh, and the fact that their starting pitching has not been nearly as strong along with their bullpen, but they hit a lot of home runs, their lineup strong, and they play in that hitter-friendly park. Uh, they're going against the A's. Uh, tonight, Brett Anderson on the mound, 10-9, and 4.08 ERA, but he is 0-6. In eight career yep. starts against the Yankees, still looking for his first win uh, against the the guys in the pinstripes. Uh, CC Sabathia on the mound for the Yankees, five and eight with a 4.99 ERA. Uh, his win loss record actually isn't that good for the ERA total because some of those Yankees pitchers they have pretty good win loss records despite not having great uh, ERA. So it makes me question the run support for CC. Well, you know, real fast back to Brett Anderson's 686 ERA versus the Yanks in those eight starts. So the Yanks kind of got his number. And CC, yeah, the guys have like a 499 ERA in the year. This Yankee team, they're going to close in on 100 runs, and I don't think they're going to have a guy with an ERA less than like 450. Which it's is crazy. crazy. These, yeah, but, I mean, listen, regular season, that's gonna, that's fine. You can bash these pitchers. Like Brett Anderson, this is a, a, a guy who – the Yankees kind of feast on your fourth, fifth, middle rotation kind of guy who's not a strikeout pitcher, and you're going to come to this team that just wallops home runs like literally it's their job to hit home right. runs. Right, it's at Yankee Yankees Stadium though. too, right? I, yeah, yeah, at Yankee Stadium. And CC, come on, 655 ERA his last seven, 561 his last 15. He's been giving up runs. Clearly, Father Time is catching up to this guy. I've been fading him for like two years waiting for oh, a bad season like this CC. to finally <laughs> cash a ticket. Oh, come on, the guy's just <laughs> – you know, guy, guy had a, let's, he's, he's made had a, nice a lot life, of money, Mr. so I Captain, guess I shouldn't Mr. say poor CC. He's, he's uh, got a lifetime supply of Captain Crunch cereal, a guy. Oh. He's, he's happy, you know. <laughs> but today, listen, I think off again, swept by these guys last week. They're going to want a little payback. I think this is going to be like 5-5 five, five by like the third, fourth inning. We'll see a bunch of runs <laughs> on the board. So. so what's the total yeah. and what's the line on this one? It's 11. Total is 11. And the line as of this second I can give you is... Doo -doo 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 -doo. So I assuming, I'm assuming you're looking at the total then. Yeah, I like the over. And the Yanks are laying about 140, 135, 140. Uh, I'd lay, I'm, I, I don't know. CeCe, you're going to get 
a mixed bag with this guy. So I'm not really comfortable laying 140 with him because he could give up eight runs in two innings or he can give up one run in six. You know, he's a mixed bag. Do I, I just think the Yanks are going to tee off on Anderson and CeCe will give up his usual like four runs in a game. So I'm going to go over the 11, think for something like 8-4, 9-6 type fair tonight. Well, and the problem with the A's, even if uh, Brett Anderson has a good start, their bullpen has been faltering uh, as of late. Trevino and Trinan have not been themselves this season. I know when Trinan was down here in AAA, uh, he gave up three runs in an inning in Las Vegas. I know Las Vegas is a, a hitter's park, and it's tough to, to pitch here. But some of the, the batters are saying that he's not nearly as deceptive and his ball's not uh, moving like it used to. Uh, so the A's bullpen is suspect for me in this one. And 11 really isn't that high of a total. No, well, listen, we look at these teams. All these bullpens are suspect. You're, you have really a handful of good bullpens. Even you look at the Dodgers, like, are you really that happy with uh, Kelsey Jansen coming in at the end of the game for him, for the Dodgers? He's scary. So there's anything could happen. Uh, I mean, as a New Yorker here, I'm a Yankee fan. I've seen this bullpen just implode sometimes. And you're like, how does this happen? So anything's possible. When you have a, a bad bullpen like the A's, that helps our cause. We're looking at the over, of course. But this is a, a league-wide problem. And, you know, it's a lot, you know, for me, I'd like to see, like, some contraction of teams, although we'll never see that happen. But you see with these pitching staffs, it's terrible. It's, even this Yankee staff, I mean, come on. Well, it, it just these guys gets to the point 15, where... 15, $20 million, and you got a 5 ERA. <laughs> well, this year it seems like a 4 ERA isn't even bad. Uh, just because, from me, writing down these starters every day, uh, even Shane Bieber has a 3-2-3, which in the past yeah. would be uh, good to average. But this year, yeah. if you have anything under a 4, you're doing really well. Yeah, well, Bieber's having a great day. I mean, what's he, like 12-5 and five or something like that? He's having a real all-around great year. Uh, I'm but just saying again, like the numbers said, are different back than in they the day have been in the past. And that's with this home run ball. It's ridiculous. I'm I'm not a juice ball kind of fan. And if you if you're telling me it's not juice, you, you're out of your mind because it's insane. I think the Yank, what the Yanks have like 12 guys with like 15 home runs. I mean they just Ford comes up from 4A ball and just starts launching them. It's and that's across the league. You see the oh, how yeah. about the Astros you're preaching to the choir I mean, the Astros, on that one. I mean you heard what Justin Verlander said. Yeah, this is it's, the it's, it's uh, Justin Verlander's given up the most home runs this year of his entire career, uh, despite striking out all these guys and having these great games. Uh, so he's livid about it. So uh, just something to consider, I think, as a whole. Maybe not day to day, because you still need to consider each game as its own uh, pod, and especially when you have strikeout yeah. pitchers. Uh, not in this one, because as you mentioned, Brett Anderson's not a strikeout guy, but maybe in the games no. with Shane Bieber, because uh, if you do strike out the guy, uh, obviously, they're not hitting it at all. So, so the juice ball It'll be a solo matter. home run. It'll be two solo home runs for the Tigers over Verlander. You know, you're giving up one run as opposed to three if you got guys on base. And again, getting back to the, the home runs and the strikeouts, you got so many big strikeout guys now. Everybody's striking out a lot. Because these well, batters just don't care about hit hitting. Home runs. It's, I, I think like Tony Gwynn strike out like 10 times a year back in the day. You know? I mean, well, now it's, it's like that, 200 strikeouts. Ah, oh, whatever. Yeah, it's... Well, it's all, they want the home run. It's 1997 revisited. <laughs> I miss the Bash brothers. Uh, all right, we've got to get to our last game before we go. The Let's Mets go. and the Phillies. Zach Wheeler on the mound for the Mets. 9-7, uh, and 4-5-2 ERA. And Aaron Nola, who's been really good for the Phillies this season, 12-4 and four, with a 3-5-3 ERA. What's your pick on this one? 
Oh, this line's actually moved. I like the Phillies here. It's up to 150. It was 140 a half hour ago. I don't know what happened here, but uh, give me some Aranola. I mean, the, the Mets have what? Dropped six in a row. Right. They were. They've gone cold. Hey, we're going to make the wild card. They were super hot, and now they're yep. trending downwards. To- totally. I mean, six in a row, and now you're going into Philly where they've lost seven of eight. Noel at homes, good numbers at home. He's having a great year, this guy. Uh, six to three, 275 ERA, his last 15 starts. He's crushing at home, six and one record there. Wheeler, 450 ERA. Again, he had a nice run by the trade deadline. They're thinking about trading him. He's like, look at me, I can pitch, I'm good. And then what happens? <laughs> now he wets the bed. They drop six in a row, and they, they're literally like one game better than the Arizona Diamondbacks now. So, well, the problem that? hasn't been the starting pitching for the Mets. Their starting pitching has actually been pretty good. It's been the bullpen uh, and the lineup. Oh, no. But what's your play on that one, the Phillies? We'll take the Phillies here. It's 150. That's about the top I'm going to go for any kind of favorite in baseball. 150 is my limit. So. All right. Phillies. Those are baseball picks. Sorry to cut you off. We've got to get to break. That's all right. Uh, after the break, we've got college football to get to even more on Picks and Parlays Radio. And we are back on a fast and furious Friday afternoon because we've got rapid-fire college football picks because there's plenty of games to get to and there's plenty of ways to win money. We've got our panel back, Chip Trimbus and Craig Trapp. Guys, you ready to rumble? Let's go. All right, starting with Alabama and Duke. Alabama, a big favorite in this one. They are favored by 32.5 points. The total sits at 56.5. Chip, you well, like Alabama to cover in this one? I don't think so. It is on a, a neutral site. Um, Alabama always seems to be able to get these games on neutral sites, even when they're playing big Well, it's Atlanta. But, you know, it's a different field. It's, you're waking up in a different place. But they played USC at a neutral site, and they were able to handle it. And I don't think they're having any problems winning the game. I'm just thinking Obviously. that there's so much... Um, you know, gravi- gravi- everyone's gravitating to Alabama. And, of course, Clemson went out there and they covered. And the fact that Clemson covered that big spread, I think, is a reason Alabama might not. This is a huge number. Um, I don't know what they expect from the, from Duke, really. And, and Alabama's been hit with injuries, particularly on defense. They lost their top player, Greg. And uh, right. I don't know how that's going to affect them here. And they have suspensions, too. They have several guys sitting out yeah. for the first quarter yeah. and the first half. So if you're looking at first-half bets, take that into consideration. And, and you know, Alabama has come out – out of the gates crushing everyone in the most recent seasons. Right, I mean, Nick Saban with they, time to yep. prepare yep. is a scary yeah, man. Yeah. So but so I, I usually, like I mentioned before, don't get involved in 35-point games at all. But if I had to play, I would play Duke. All right. Well, I think this one, you saw the lines to open at 30-and-a-half, goes uh, to 32-and-a-half. The total 62-and-a-half open, and it went down to 56-and-a-half. So that, that means to me a lot of sharp big money on the under. I like that, too. I like the under here at 56-and-a-half. I think this could be... You know, 38-10 type of game, you know, staying way under. I, I do think Alabama, after watching Clemson play last night, you know, that is definitely the end goal to face Clemson yeah. again this year. Yeah. So these two are going to play kind of one up on each other. So it, w- it would worry me playing Duke in this one just because I could see that Nick Saban and, and the, the players too, you know, they know who the end goal is going to be this year, who they're going to have to beat. Uh, but I think the much stronger play is playing the under here. I think Alabama's trying to make a statement here. I think they saw Clemson make that statement last night. Uh, I will say they don't have Jalen Hurts to play the second half when it's a blowout. Uh, But, yeah, I I don't know. It's hard for me to pick against Alabama, even though it's 32.5 points. Uh, I would also look at a first-half bet in this one. 
Uh, moving on to, let's go UGA Vandy next. Uh, Vanderbilt is a 22-point underdog in this one. Is anybody taking the underdog? I am, actually. I, we, we covered this game a long time ago. I don't know if you remembered. <laughs> and I said, man, I, SEC games, you lay three-plus touchdowns. It's almost automatic for me that I'm going to take a home underdog three-plus touchdowns <laughs> early in the year. And a few years back, this Vandy team beat a pretty good Georgia team at Georgia. Right. They had Sony Michelle right. and... That was a very good Georgia team. I think it, it was Nick Chubb, maybe. Yeah. That was a very good team. Now, obviously, Vandy is probably not going to win this game. But getting the line open at 20.5, it crossed that key number. Now it's at 22.5. I'm a sucker for three-plus touchdowns in the SEC as a home underdog. You, I'm going to take the underdog. Do you remember Vandy's record was last year during play? Didn't they lose like nine straight to the points? I think it was, it was something absolutely yeah, a spread nightmare for, yes. for everyone out there that wanted to repeat with them and think they can come with them. I think the difference in class here is so big yep. that even the home the home field may not make a difference. The quarterbacking at Georgia is all Americans um, caliber. So, you know, if they put it together, they stay strong, they don't turn the ball over, I think they can romp easy. And they also may be able to just shut down this Vanderbilt offense um, totally. So, you know, like, we don't like getting involved in these big point games yeah. like here, but if I had then you put a gun to my head, I would lay it with Georgia. <laughs> well, hopefully nobody's putting a gun to your head. Well, you'd be uh, surprised. <laughs> but um, I kind of like the total in this one, uh, 57 and a half. I think Georgia's offense is going to be really good this year, especially with a returning quarterback uh, with a lot of hype. Some people think he might win the Heisman if Georgia's good enough. And Georgia is running back you. It just yeah. seems like yeah. their run game is so strong and it's so balanced uh, that they just come at you from every angle. Well, if, if he wins the Heisman, he's going to have to beat Trevor Lawrence and Tua because those two are by far right. – um, right. Got a, a, an edge. Even just though went Trevor in. Lawrence threw well, two interceptions, we know, we know who the more physical team is going to be here too. Oh, There's yes. no question. Georgia is one of the hardest hitting teams in the nation. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. It's only week one. We've got all, we've got 16 weeks of this stuff in front of us. Right. All right. Northwestern Stanford. This is an interesting one. Uh, two teams that look almost evenly matched. Uh, the line in this one is Stanford minus six, and the total is 47 and a half. Chip, I know you like this game. Yeah, I'd love to be able to give you a side on it right now, but this is going to be one of my top plays, release some picks and parlays for Saturday. You'll be able to get it Friday night. It'll be loaded by 10 Eastern. So Northwestern and Stanford, the two great schools, two great academic institutions that are meeting on the gridiron, and I'll have the answer for you when they log on to picks and parlays. All right, Craig. Well, you got when, a side in this one? Yeah, we, this is another one. We might actually cover this one the same time we covered yeah. the, oh, yeah? the Georgia game. And last year, remember these teams faced off. Northwestern won in, as a 10-point underdog at home, 16-6. to I think it's going to be another low-scoring game. I think it's going to be another close game. So if you're giving me six points on what, like you said, a very evenly matched team, very good defense in Northwestern, mm -hmm. a much better offense in Stanford. But I don't think Stanford's defense is good. So to me, I think it's going to be under – and I would take the um, Northwestern getting six points. Right. I think I like the under here as well, just because the defense at Northwestern, that's been their calling card. Yeah, very good. Um, all right, let's move on to Louisiana Tech and Texas. Texas is favored by a big number, 20 and a half points uh, for the Longhorns. 55 and a half is the total. What do you like in this one? Well, one of my very good friends, is, his father's actually um, the president of the University of La Tech. So if I went against them, I'm certain <laughs> I'd really have to pay the price here. But that isn't the way to go in this game anyway. Tech's last seven games, they've gone under six times. And that's the same thing um, with Texas here. They've gone under five of their last six. And they've gone under five of the last six against the USA Conference. So if I was to play this game, um, 
talk to John. I'm going to give you a break here. I'm going to play this game under between Tech and Texas. Surprising this line hasn't moved. The line opened at 20 and a half. It's still at 20 and a half. To me, I mean, you see so much line movement because these lines come out, you know, right. weeks, right. months ago. That, to me, that tells you that Louisiana Tech is, is a very uh, good defense. They were a very good defense. Yeah, they were 8-5 last season. Yeah. This team is dangerous. This is not a team, if you're Texas, that you really want to face because Texas is the better team, way more talented, way more speed. But Louisiana Tech, Coach Holtz, I think might have something to keep Texas a little nervous here. I would take the underdog getting 20 and a half. And I, if I remember right, Texas has a big game next week. I think LSU. LSU. LSU yeah. next week. So that's a look-ahead spot. And that's uh, what we call the trap. And Not just because of my last name, but it's the tra <laughs> trap game. That's the trap game. Trap they, game. They can definitely get caught peeking here without question. Absolutely. Because, and like you said, Holtz is coaching um, Louisiana Tech. Yep. And Texas has been in such transition in, in most recent seasons through the coaching and players' personnel as well. Right. I know Sam Ellinger is probably anxious to pad his Heisman stats. Uh, but I don't know. I would look at a first half bet maybe. It depends on the line. Texas first half? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I could see Texas, especially if they get the ball. If they first. have a look-ahead game, that's why I think that. Because yeah, if you have a look-ahead game, you're really putting your foot on the pedal. Yeah, they would love to get up and, and rest the starters, say, the fourth quarter. But, you know, sometimes things don't work out as you Well, in Louisiana, you, Tech's not a cupcake. No, and it's then all of a sudden a you're in a dogfight the second half, and then it's right. like, oh, and no. that's a problem. We might, we <laughs> might be looking ahead. We might lose to LSU and Louisiana Tech. So let's take the points here, though. I think, I think it's kind of a... I'm not saying take a money line, but I think this is, could be a pretty interesting game. All right. Uh, Oregon-Auburn, another interesting game. Auburn is favored by four points. Uh, the total sits at 55. This is a neutral site uh, game, I believe. Isn't yeah, it? It is, it's in Dallas, I believe. Is that right, Greg? Yep. And, uh, Jerry um, World. The, the thing that I first saw this game, my first instinct was to go to Oregon. And Herbert, who's going to be a, another Heisman candidate, um, great passer, hasn't shown his toughness against the big-time schools as of yet. But Auburn, SEC defense, number 16 team in the country. Greg, explain to me why the number 16 team in the country is favored over the number 11 team in the country, and the number is rising. Yeah, well, it's basically SEC gets all the credit, and especially against uh, the Pac-12 that's been down the last few years. Uh, this is going to be one of my best plays of the day, uh, so you can get that over at picksandparlays.net. But I, this is going to come down to the defensive line, the very good defensive line of Auburn, against a very what should be a very good offense of Oregon can they protect um, the quarterback if they can if they can do that I think Oregon has a good shot I have the answer to that you can get it at picks and parties yeah I was gonna say because Auburn's defensive line is so strong and last season Oregon their offensive line was the problem yes. Herbert's good but if he doesn't have any time to throw the ball or if he's um, under pressure, I mean, that's a whole different ball, ball game. The advantage for Oregon is that do a, they do have a senior and experienced player there. Right. And there's a freshman, Nix. Bo Nix, yeah. who Tim Tebow said, God made him for this <laughs> Auburn offense. Did you see that today? No, I didn't at all. If Tim Tebow says that, I mean, he has front. He's as close to God as it right. is. Right. Oh, goodness. He <laughs> dial. So it's hard to put your faith in a, a freshman quarterback that I know people really like Bo Nix. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see if Auburn uh, can cover. I don't know. I'm staying it's, away from that it's, one. It's, 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 it's going to be, be a great game. It's a national game at night, yeah. I believe. All right, let's go to Houston, Oklahoma. The total on this one is 80. The total on this one is 80. Uh, so they're expecting a lot of points. Oklahoma is favored by 23 points. Well, I can <laughs> tell you, I, I have a definitive side on this game, and there's no question about it. I'll be posting it as a best bet on the side. But if I had to play the game here, 
I think the total being so outrageous, Greg, that number is so high, and we know Oklahoma, what they did last year, they tried to score every single time they have the ball, and maybe Jalen Hurts has a little incentive now quarterbacking, now quarterbacking for Oklahoma. Well, obviously, you back-to-back Heisman winners. Right. You, you have to follow yeah. that. Yeah. A lot of pressure, even though he won a national championship. I mean, right. what he's done at Alabama. He's already proven a lot. He should have nothing, but you still feel that pressure, I think, a right. little bit. And Oklahoma, obviously, their defense was suspect last year. Uh, this is a big number. Um, I think I'm going to play the under 80 in this one, but I, I would probably play Houston with all because it just seems like, I mean, Oklahoma couldn't stop anybody all year. Right. How is that well, going to change? Not many people stopped Oklahoma. Either. Right. Well, I mean, and you yeah, also but said they were blow, they were uh, shootouts. Yeah. And you set your defense up to be bad when you score as quickly as they do. Yeah. So it's like you're, yeah. you're making them even worse. Right. They're on the field for a lot of. Yeah. Jalen Hurd is not the passer that the last two. So no. maybe they run the ball more. He's a better, much better probably yeah. runner. Well, maybe not the Murray, but uh, uh, yeah. But I think his running, like I think they'll use his legs a little bit when they need to. Maybe they don't need to in this one. But I like the under eighty. I just think. That's a ton of points in Oklahoma. Well, it has That's moved. Huge. It was 84 when we oh, talked really? about it. <laughs> yes. I mean, this thing has went 80. It went up, and then now it's came back down. So, I mean, we've seen action on both sides, probably equal action now that we yeah. get back to that number. But uh, to me, I just think that's that's crazy number. Um, I, I, it could be 30, 30, 35, 30, and you don't get the over. I know, I mean, especially crazy. the first game of the season where you're still kind of yes. shaking off the rust. Uh, last game to get to, it's the Labor Day game, Notre Dame at Louisville. Uh, Notre Dame is favored, uh, does that say 18? Yeah, or is it eight? Yeah. No, it's 18. It's close to three touchdowns. And the total is 54 and a half. Yes. Uh, do we have enough faith in Notre Dame to cover the spread? Greg? Well, this one, you know, <laughs> this one's, you've seen a lot of line movement. Uh, 16 and a half where this opened at. Um, it went up to even higher than 18, back to 18 now. The total was 60 when it started, and now back to 54 and a half. I'm, obviously, Notre Dame probably has a lot to prove after yeah. getting embarrassed by Clemson last year. Right. Um, and, you know, Notre Dame has a pretty good offense back. Uh, I like their offensive line. Um, I think they're going to be good. I just think that's a lot of points on the road opening week. And I think they probably feel a little pressure after that right. loss. Right. I think a lot of people like to bet them, too, because something oh, they're, they're a huge, huge public, public team. Huge public team. So I would take the points um, with Louisville here at 18. I, I might have to agree with you. Um, both these teams are coming off disappointments. Louisville was absolutely atrocious last year. Oh, and the yeah. way Notre Dame closed the season with such high aspirations, and everybody thought that they had a shot. And uh, they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> no. we, had, we had Clemson. Zero. I don't want to say anything bad here, but let's put it that way. It was a big yeah. winner for us. Um, <laughs> well, Wazoo isn't a bad word. But, okay. I, you know, I think Louisville might have a little fight, a little game in them here. Um, this isn't the game I'm really interested in over the weekend, and more is the Houston-Oklahoma side. All right, those are our rapid-fire college football picks. Hopefully some of them are winners. When we get back after the break, we recap all of our picks from the day. Stick with us on Picks and Parlays Radio. And welcome back to this busy Friday here on Picks and Parlays Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me here every day, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern. And also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're very easy to find. And there's usually a lively chat going on during the show if you want to join in on that fun. And also... If you ever see a game that we don't talk about, check our YouTube page. We probably have a synopsis up there. 
Uh, let's get to our picks for the day. Uh, plenty of college football games to talk about. Craig Trapp and Chip Cherimbus. College football, finanza, bonanza. <laughs> I like that, Nick. Uh, Wisconsin at USF. We're taking USF uh, plus 10.5. Utah State at Wake Forest. Wake Forest taking them in this one at minus 5. Purdue at Nevada taking Purdue at minus 11. Moving on to our baseball picks from Sean Higgs. Indians at Rays liking the under in this one with Shane Bieber on the mound for the Indians. A uh, big strikeout guy. Uh, don't see a lot, of, a lot of runs in this one. A's Yankees. We see the opposite. The over hitting 11 uh, with the Yankees bomb squad hitting a lot of home runs. Mets at Phillies taking the Phillies minus 140. Those are baseball picks. And finally, there it is, the college football bonanza. Uh, Duke, Alabama taking Duke at plus 32 and a half. Uh, and then Georgia at Vanderbilt, another big number there. Uh, taking the dog in that one as well, Vandy plus 22. Louisiana Tech at Texas taking another dog, Louisiana Tech uh, plus 20 and a half. And Oklahoma, Houston, take Oklahoma, minus 23, and nobody. Uh, I think Craig maybe was looking at the over, but, yeah, the over is a big number. Uh, I think the total was 80 in that one, so expect a lot of points. Oh, he's taking the under in that one. All right. Well, that's our show. Good luck this weekend on your bets. Bet, win, repeat. We're back on Picks and Parlays Radio on Monday. See you then. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.